Well, good morning, bold, brave, beautiful warriors, or maybe it's afternoon for you, or maybe it's evening. Well, anytime that you're watching this, hello. Well, today we're going to chat with you about seven fascinating facts that will change how you read the book of Daniel. And why do I want to give you these? Because Daniel is definitely one of my favorite books of the Bible. He is definitely a warrior. He prayed on his knees three times a day. He prayed with such great fervent, like, I don't know if you want to call it audacity or what, but when he prayed and opened up the windows and prayed, even though he was commanded not to, hello, that is a warrior after my own heart. So every January we do a Daniel fast and I call it the Dan warrior fast. And we do either a 21 day or 10 day each year. And this year we had a 10 day. And so in the podcast, you can find um, some of the notes on that. Well, these are seven fascinating facts that will change how you read the book of Daniel. So if you ever do a Daniel study, these are some fabulous facts that are kind of like trivia. So um, the first one is um, stories about Daniel and the lion dead. You might have heard of those stories. That's what we're talking about. Well, he was the guy that had three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they all faced persecution of some sort. So in that, of course, we face many different kind of persecutions of some sorts, not to their degree, but sometimes we feel like they are. So in that, I just wanted to share with you ways you can be um, hopefully encouraged through that. And that's what we're here for moving to warriors to encourage you um, in that and encourage you to read your Bible, pick up the word because that is your armor warriors. We need that. So Daniel had maybe two or three names. His parents chose a Hebrew name for him and it was their um, meaning God, my judge was the meaning of his name. Oh, I love the meanings of names. And so in that he was, um, it was just basically just testifying their faith of the one true God. But when Daniel was a young man, who's about 13 or 14, um, Jerusalem was besieged by Nebuchadnezzar. He was the king of Babylon and Daniel and many others were taken into captivity. So basically, in short, Daniel's name was changed by his captures, but most likely to attempt to erase any kind of lineage, any kind of heritage of Daniel's, um, and especially about God. Oh, yeah, they were wanting to wipe that right out. So they then named him Belteshazzar, and it says this, and Daniel explains this in Daniel 1.6. Well, the Babylonians also changed the names of three Daniel's friends as well, who were also captured. And these young men have been named by their parents, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And their names mean Jehovah is gracious. One, the next one, Mishael, means who belongs to God. And Azariah is Jehovah helps. J-E-H-O-V-A-H. I'm having a tongue twister this morning. According to Daniel and Babylon, these three young men were given the names of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And that's also stated in Daniel 1.6. So the four Babylonian names described by Daniel seem to refer to the false gods worshipped by the Babylonians. But there appear to be a few extra letters or slight misspellings. So some folks are theorizing that young men were actually given the names Belshazzar, Shadaku, Meshachaku, Abednego, and to honor the Babylonian pagan deities, Bel, Marduk, Aku, and Nebu. But that Daniel changed those spellings slightly to remove direct references to Babylonian gods. Wow. So in addition, the young men were put through an intense re-education process for three years, and during which time they were taught the language, literatures, the cultures of the Babylonians before entering in the king's service. So just visualize that, like you're totally being kidnapped and you are then going to be raised. Essentially, I'll give you a little um, 
heads up, but you're going to, he, he ends up staying there all of his life. And so you basically are just like denouncing everything you were born from the age of zero to 13 or 14. And then you're being raised by complete strangers. And so in that, um, they um, made every possible effort to um, stay together and to stay fierce and for, and for God, because that was their one true God. And so that's why I believe that Daniel could have possibly changed the spelling of their names a little bit and just encourage them, like, we're not going to have to take over the skin of, of their gods. We're going to keep the skin of, of our God. So in that, um, the four Babylonian names described by Daniel seem to refer to the false gods worshipped by Babylonians, but there appears to be a few extra letters, right? And so in that, um, that was his probably his motivation to keep them um, motivated to loving on, on God and not forgetting who their God was, because remember, they're only teenagers, so, um, number two, Daniel may have been famous for doing this for other people, but he needed help doing it for himself. So even as a young man, Dan had a knack for understanding. I call him Dan, like we're best friends or something, you know, I've read him so much. I feel like he is my best friend, but anyway, um, Dan and Daniel, great, great two men and Deb. Oh, I love her too. Deborah. Oh yes, yes, yes. So my three favorite characters, but anyway, besides Jesus, he's definitely the rocking best. But anyway, even as a young man, Daniel had an act for understanding visions and dreams. And it says so in Daniel 1:17. a few years later, when Daniel had an opportunity to interpret a troubling dream of King Nebuchadnezzar's, he enlisted the prayer support of three Jewish friends who had been taken with him in captivity. And who are those guys? Obviously his buds. Well, the result, it's a stunning display of God's power because Daniel told the king the details and meanings of the dreams. That is powerful. And that says so in Daniel 2.27. In fact, he continued to interpret crazy, disturbing dreams for the king. It says this in Daniel 4.24. And for the king's son, says this in Daniel 5.24 through 30. But when Daniel has his own intriguing vision, which you can read this in Daniel 7.1 through 14, he doesn't even know what it means. So he has to ask someone to interpret his vision for him. And granted, if someone else, um, there's someone in the vision else in there, and it's perhaps we're guessing it to be an angel. So in this situation of Daniel's vision, he's interpreting himself, right? And he's having someone to interpret with him. And so this kind of qualifies him like, like he's getting help, but he's not doing it by himself is what we're assuming um, in that. And so, we're, you know, he's going to an angel for help. How cool is that? So number three, Daniel lived at the same time as another influential guy, someone um, that was, um, well, was Daniel was serving in Babylon, um, a gentleman by the name of Confucius, C-O-N-F-U-C-I-U-S, was growing up in a region that today is known as Q-U-F-U China. So Kufu, China. And that's really Babylon that was located about 60 miles from the present day Baghdad, Iraq. So that puts these two famous historical men about 4,000 miles apart from each other. And we're in the years 50, um, 550 to 538 BC. So Confucius, as you probably know, well, maybe you don't know because I didn't know. He was a Chinese teacher, editor, politician, and philosopher. He's known for his teachings about morality, virtues, and society. And after his death, a book was written containing many of his wise thoughts and sayings. So is that perhaps some of the sayings that are in the fortune cookies that the Chinese, um, the Americans have made into fortune cookies here in America? Maybe. Maybe that's where they got some of those little quotes. Number four, Daniel maintained a vibrant faith in God despite living and working in an ungodly culture surrounded by unbelievers. Wow. That is huge. This is where, okay, this is why it's important to listen to this today, because these are things we can take in our own lives. And um, everything in the Bible is that way. It's my favorite love letter from God to us, like the blueprint of life, the map of life. How should we live? 
everything in there can definitely teach you on how you are living today. So in that, of course, you're surrounded with unbelievers every day, whether you're at work or you're volunteering somewhere or even in a store. Yes, of course, there's unbelievers. But believe it or not, Daniel was eventually made the chief of the magicians, the enchanters, the astrologers, and the diviners. And it says this in Daniel 5.11. He was in charge of all of these men. Daniel 2.48, which sounds like they were not just buddies. They were actually people that had to answer to him. Wow. So these are unbelievers answering, answering to a believer. How powerful is that? God is so amazing. So they didn't share the same faith with him. Obviously, they had their own gods that they um, idolized. And so um, they basically had they um, had just their own false powers. And then they had their own practices that totally forbid who God was. And that's why they were called the sorcerers or the diviners, the astrologers, etc., magicians. What does it take to live, you know, for God in a godless environment and to not compromise well, it takes a fierce warrior like yourself. So for the time in Daniel, right? So for the time Daniel arrived in Babylon, the pressure was to be um, indoctrinated into the Babylonian culture. But despite of all the brainwashing that these four men, true to their faith, true to their God, true to who they believed and they were called to be, they warred through it. And this is our great challenge to do the same well, Daniel, uh, number five, is written in two languages. The book of Daniel is. Um, it's written in Hebrew, except for most of the chapter in um, two, and then also the chapters three through seven. These are passages written in Aramaic. Super cool history there. The languages are closely related indeed, but why is there a shift of them? Well, theories vary, but a lot of folks think that the portions of the book of Daniel intend specifically um, are intended specifically for the Jews. They're written in Hebrew, while portions were a broader message to the nations that were written in languages used across the world for diplomacy and commerce, which was Aramaic. Number six, Daniel served under four different kings. Oh, wow. Talk about having to just really... Stay fierce in who you are. Mm. Babylonians King Nebuchadnezzar, well, he ransacked Jerusalem and the process took many of the children of Israel to Babylonian cap Babylon in captivity. When Nebuchadnezzar died, his son Belshazzar became king. He was followed by kings Darius and Cyrus. And a little side note here, we've been studying the book of Daniel. And if you are just a person randomly listening to this and you haven't studied the book of Daniel, there are a little bit of podcasts in here for chapter 11 and 12 of Daniel. We didn't do the whole book um, of Daniel, but if you'd like any more information on Daniel, we definitely um, can send you it to, especially with the Daniel Warrior Fast that we did. You can do this at any time. But in that, it's just talking about um, when you're reading, um, going through our podcast of 11 and 12, Darius and Cyrus will come up as the kings in that. So we know that Daniel remained in Babylon through his first year of the reign of King Cyrus, which speaks so in Daniel 121. Number seven, Daniel was in his 80s when he was thrown into the lion's den. Hello, I'm like 52, okay? I have enough ailments to sit there and try to be thrown into a lion's den. I would have a flipping heart attack. And Daniel, he was thrown in the den, but no, he was peaceful. I mean, there's actually pictures and paintings that are done of Daniel. I don't know, because how could anybody have seen it? But this is probably how it really looked, where he is this really peaceful young man. He is a powerful warrior and he's standing in front of face of hungry lions. And it's very relatable because really think about your lions that you face every day. I mean, constantly. And the really biggest one is the lion of your mind. Your mind is always playing with us. And guess who that really is playing with us? 
our arched enemy, hello, Satan. He is always trying to be in our ears and in our head, right? And so in that, you're facing these lions every day, or I call them battles here at Women to Warriors. We're always facing battles. And the reality is David is estimated to have been in his early 80s when this happened. He was also, by that point, so respected by, by superiors like King Cyrus was planning to put Daniel in charge of the entire kingdom. Well, but there was always jealous people around, right? And so always in our lives, we'll have people that are jealous, people that want what we have, or want to have what we have. I mean, I had 20 years worth of women in my life. Well, they weren't in my life. They were in my husband's life trying to steal my husband from me. So believe me, um, there's always people out there and they're just, they're just people that are lost and broken just like us. So remind yourself of that, that just, we still need to love on everyone. Um, but in that he had jealous peers, so he had to love on them too. But guess what? Those jealous people in his life um, tricked the king into passing a decree that landed Daniel in this lion's den. And the decree was guess what? He's praying and you had called not to pray and no one's allowed to pray. And Daniel took the stance of praying, like I said in the beginning, on his knees three times a day and even opening up his windows. So because he believed God was going to hear him, it wasn't to be audastic or anything, but he was just praying and claiming out God's words. And those words we speak every day over ourselves or over our life and our situation, um, really should be God's words that we speak over ourselves. That's why we have to stay equipped with the Bible and stay knowing what he calls and says and who we are as warriors, bold, brave, and beautiful in his world. So no one seemed happier than this remorseful king when he rushed to the mouth of that lion's den because guess what? He was the one that had to send him to the den because of this proclamation, this decree that he was tricked into. And guess what? He discovered that Daniel was alive and not even touched. There wasn't a scratch on that man. So shortly after this event, well, King Cyrus allows the Jews that Nebuchadnezzar brought to Babylon in captivity to return home to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Then instructed them to rebuild the temple of the God of Israel that Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed. Cyrus also returned more than 5,000 priceless articles, including gold and silver, dishes, pans, and bowls that Nebuchadnezzar had stolen from the temple in Jerusalem 70 years earlier. He even financed the whole thing. He gave them whatever they needed, including bulls and rams and lambs for burnt offerings as well as wheat and oil and wine to sustain them until the job was done. It says this in Ezra 1, 1 through 4. King Cyrus did everything he could to undo the destruct destruction that had been wrought upon by the temple of Nebuchadnezzar. So wow, some really good, interesting, and cool facts that should motivate you, should encourage you as a woman warrior, even if it's through a guy's story. We should be encouraged. So these seven fascinating facts really changed me and how I looked at Daniel. I mean, he just made me look, wow, even more warrior-like. And so I have a lot to live up to. But in that, this is our brother Daniel. So we obviously don't have to live up to him and his standards, but we definitely need to live up who God calls us to be. Well, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast of these facts about Daniel, my brother, and yours as well. Thank Thank you so much for listening and supporting Women to Warriors. Stay fierce, warriors.